Howdy, folks. Welcome to A Green Way Forward. I'm your host, David Cobb. This is the weekly show where we look at issues and events, but specifically through the lens of the Green Party's four pillars of peace, justice, democracy, and ecology. So glad you can join us. And as always, with a hat tip to Gil Scott Heron, the revolution may not be televised, but it will be brought to you over the various mechanisms and platforms of non-corporately filtered news information and analysis. On this program, open line, so make sure if there's anything that you want to talk about, chime in. If you're watching live on a Facebook live stream, do so. Otherwise, on our podcast program, you can just listen in to what other folks uh, actually have to ask and or say. Do want to remind all viewers that our audience continues to grow and build. We have thousands of people. We'd like it to be tens of thousands and ultimately hundreds of thousands of people. If you want to join A Green Way Forward, just go to the website, agreenwayforward.org and sign up. So you will get a weekly reminder about this live stream slash podcast. It'll also give you an opportunity to decide how you'd like to receive this program whether video or audio. You know, on this program, the one thing I want to make sure we actually talk about is the concept of political independence. What we're seeing is more and more uh, progressives getting into elections. And for many people, that's a great thing. I, I And certainly I'm not disappointed whenever more and more progressives and movement people get into elections. But I'm going to name the fact that when people get into elections, and run as Democrats in partisan races, they are not building political independence. In fact, they are continuing uh, the idea that somehow the Democratic Party can be salvaged and become a mechanism uh, for progressive change. And please forgive me for my cynicism. No, I apologize. It's not cynicism. My clarity that that is a failed strategy. You know, I am reminded and I'll remind viewers, listeners that for me, I got my start in politics as a student activist during the anti-apartheid era. Notice that's not even elections, but I do say I get my start in politics as a student activist uh, trying to force the University of Houston to uh, divest from holdings of corporations that were doing business with corporations that held interest in South Africa. And, you know, I learned a lot during that campaign. Uh, The the most important thing I learned is that power concedes nothing without a demand. It never did and it never will. Of course, that's a hat tip to Frederick Douglass. But what I noticed was when we followed the rules, when we followed the the normal way you're supposed to do things and we showed up for three minutes of uh, comment during Board of Regents meetings, they at best patted us on the head and told us to go home. Thank you. Go home. Usually they literally just ignored us. It was only when we began to be disruptive, that is take over the Board of Regents meetings, when we began uh, to chant, when we began to interrupt the normal way business was done, that we were able to get anything done. From there, the anti-apartheid movement, I got involved in the Jesse Jackson campaign seeking the Democratic Party's nomination in 1984. I learned a lot on that campaign. As a white person, I learned how to honestly put myself under the leadership of people of color for the first time in my life. Uh, I learned about Palestine and U.S. foreign policy and imperialism. 
I learned how to bring organized labor and environmentalists and women's groups and other social change agents all into the same room to struggle together for a common good to try to find the common ground to move forward. But you know what else I learned? I learned the Democratic Party's presidential primary is where progressive politics goes to die because all the energy, all the excitement, all the enthusiasm that gets uh, built through a progressive campaign within the Democratic Party is ultimately crushed by the, the corporate imperialists who actually control the Democrats. Uh, and I saw that time and time again. Of course, it happened to Jesse Jackson in 84 and 88. And Jesse had the brilliant idea. He said, I know what let's do. Let's create a new organization. We will take over the Democratic Party and shift it to the left. That was called <clears throat> Rainbow Push. Four years later, you had Jerry Brown, a progressive maverick campaign within the Democratic Party, rise up, generating enthusiasm and excitement. It was crushed by the corporatist imperialist who controlled the Democratic Party. He said, I know what let's do. Let's create a new organization. We'll take over the Democratic Party and shift it to the left. That was called We the People. Four years later, we had uh, Dennis Kucinich rise up in a progressive maverick campaign within the Democratic Party. He said, it was, of course, crushed by the corporatist imperialists who control the Democratic Party. He said, I know what let's do. Let's create a new organization. We'll take over the Democratic Party and shift it to the left. That was called Progressive Democrats of America. Four years later, Howard Dean, a progressive campaign within the Democratic Party, generating enthusiasm and excitement of a progressive agenda. It's, of course, crushed by the corporatist imperialists who control the Democratic Party. He said, I know what let's do. Can you guess? Let's create a new organization. Take over the Democratic Party. We'll shift it to the left. That was called Democracy for America. Four years later, Bernie Sanders generates enthusiasm, excitement around a genuine progressive agenda. He is ultimately crushed. Actually, he is cheated by the Democratic Party leadership and the, the entire apparatus. And he says, I know what let's do. Let's create a new organization called Our Revolution. We will take over the Democratic Party and shift it to the left. My friends, with apologies, that shit don't work. It has been tried time and time again. And even deeper, when you look at the bigger, larger question, what you'll find is the only way genuine systemic change has ever happened in the United States of America is when there were two things happening simultaneously. One, when you had a mass movement that was in the streets, in the pool halls, in the bowling alleys, in the barber shops, in the coffee shops, in the, in the laundromats. In other words, where people live, work, and play in all ways, they were involved in social movement and an electoral arm representing that movement. I want you to think about it for that moment. In other words, a social movement alone can change people's minds. It can even change the culture. We saw that happen with the nuclear freeze movement. For those of you who either study history or might be old enough to remember the nuclear freeze movement, there was a time that nobody thought that it would be possible uh, to stop the building of nuclear power generators in this country. We haven't had a new nuclear power generating plant be commissioned in 20 years. It's an amazing thing. Uh, the reality is social movements are powerful. And if you have an electoral arm, that is people running for office on that agenda, 
to be able to implement those plans, it actually works. And it is true for the last hundred years of this country. I'm going to give you a list of the things that it took alternative political parties, sometimes called third parties, but I like to think of us as an alternative political party, alternative to the existing establishment. Here is what it took alternative political parties to champion at the ballot box. And a reminder that each one of these things were originally opposed by the two major establishment parties. Here's that list. The abolition of slavery. Women getting the right to vote. The creation of the Social Security Administration. Unemployment insurance. Workers' compensation laws. Pure food and drug laws. Ending child labor the direct election of the United States Senate, the 40-hour work week, the entire fabric of worker protection laws. The reality is, folks, everything that we today consider the bare minimum for a just and compassionate society, that entire fabric was woven together thread by thread, strand by strand, issue by issue by so-called third parties or alternative parties. Parties who did their work when they were called naive and unrealistic. Third parties who did their work when they were called dangerous un-Americans. And third parties who did their work when they were called spoilers. So today, if you want to live in a society, not just talk about it, but actually live and win a new world, a world that will wean us off of coal and oil and move us towards genuine sustainable energy. If you want to live in a world that will end war as foreign policy and dismantle the U.S. empire, if you want to live in a world that will deconstruct the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, the North American Free Trade Agreement, the World Trade Organization, and the International Monetary Fund, if you want to live in a world that will deconstruct the U.S. Federal Reserve as a private banking consortium and actually democratize the money supply of the United States of America? Do you want to live in a world that will end the school-to-prison pipeline and the entire prison industrial complex? If you want to live in a world that will guarantee access to health care as a fundamental human right, if you want to live in that world, then friends, you've got to have the same courage, the same vision that people before us did, and be willing to engage vote, and build alternative political parties. I think that it's important that we recognize, as we do our weekly live stream uh, and podcast today on March 19th, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, that Bernie Sanders is having a town hall forum. And I appreciate very much the fact that many people were inspired and motivated by Bernie Sanders And I also have to share my assessment that Bernie Sanders' commitment to trying to build the Democratic Party is at best a tactical mistake. At worst, it is actually preventing genuine independence. Because friends, a real political independence recognizes that the Democratic Party leadership is part of the problem. The Democratic Party leadership 
is responsible for neoliberalism. It is responsible for the privatization. It is responsible for not only the North American Free Trade Agreement, but responsible for no child left behind, responsible for fracking, responsible for the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. The Democratic Party leadership, friends, is part of the problem. Remember, it was the Democratic Party leadership that crushed Occupy. It was the Democratic Party leadership that wrote a memo that said to, quote, lead from behind at Black Lives Matters. Uh, stay behind, but do have one-on-one -on -one private meetings, but listen to them, but don't allow them to drive the train. I guess what I'm saying is, friends, it's time for us to recognize that at the end of the day, if we're actually going to be part of a movement that is actually going to be able to make the transition that we so desperately need and so richly deserve, it's going to have to be independent of the Democratic Party. And that means independent of all of the apparatuses, the big foundations, uh, the nonprofit industrial complex. The reality is the ruling elite are attempting in every way to control the, the growing movements for peace, justice, democracy, and ecology. I now uh, want to thank you. Those of you who have written in, we'll take a few comments and questions. Grant writes in to say, I think the best approach is to take over the Democratic Party with progressives that are green minded. The revolution will not happen with the Green Party. I love Jill, but she shouldn't. She should join a primary election in her state. Well, Grant, I appreciate that that is your perspective. I fundamentally and profoundly disagree. In fact, uh, my last uh, 10 minute uh, monologue has been an example of why I disagree. So I genuinely appreciate that you are part of the audience for a green way forward, but on a green way forward, this program is about looking at the green party's policies, the green and the effort to build the green party as the electoral arm for the movements of peace, justice, democracy, and ecology. And I'll tell you another thing that makes the green party unique. We do not solicit, nor will we accept corporate money. Uh, and I think that the reality is that you have to look long and hard before you can find any Democrats who can make that claim. We also, and this is super important, as the Green Party, are actually a truly grassroots organization. You know, uh, we don't have big donors. Uh, the reality is that the Democratic, entire Democratic Party is completely and utterly dependent upon the, the uh, big, quote, independent expenditure political action committees uh, where you have billionaires. And remember that uh, uh, Jeff Weaver himself went to a, a tech Silicon Valley billionaire in order to seek funding for our revolution. So with respect, Grant, I will just say, if you want to try the experiment of the Democratic Party, I will leave that to you and others to try it. I am convinced it will not work. And the last thing I want to say about that is this. The Green Party is an explicitly eco-socialist political party. In our very platform is an indictment of corporate capitalism and our recognition that capitalism is literally going to destroy the planet that we depend upon for life itself. And the Democratic Party will not say that because they're scared to say it. And the Green Party will, will say it. Renee writes in to say, none of the mainstream parties are promoting peace. Uh, now, I really appreciate that, Renee, because uh, I think that the interconnection between war, imperialism, the climate crisis, white supremacy, 
capitalism and patriarchy. You know, Rene, from my perspective, the Green Party's uh, values of peace, justice, democracy, and ecology, uh, this is the only way forward. Uh, we are nearing a tipping point uh, where if we do not fundamentally alter the direction that we're headed, uh, we are going to go over a cliff. Now, I'll be the first to admit that the Democratic Party is headed towards the same cliff the Republicans are at a slower rate. No doubt about it. Uh, so, you know, I don't think it's fair to say they're exactly the same. They're not the same. However, they're not different enough because they are both going over the cliff. Democrats are going a little slower. Now, I will say when it comes to issues of war, uh, foreign policy, and imperialism, there's virtually no difference between the Democratic and Republican Party leadership. There is a bipartisan agreement uh, of war as foreign policy. And I am proud of the fact that the Green Party is a peace party. We are a party that is absolutely committed uh, to ending war uh, and I engaging in that way. And that's where Greens and Libertarians actually agree. And as Renee, you point out, neither of the two corporate parties or mainstream parties or establishment parties will take that position. And I think it's interesting that we have to call them the established parties or the establishment parties because they exist to promote and defend the existing establishment. So Sebastian writes in to say, I want to support Jill, but having a new party is not the answer. The answer is to do what the Republicans did in the last presidential election, have so many candidates that the new party moves from having so many choices. Sometimes you need to break the, price, uh, the prices up to get what you want. This is how the Republicans got Trump. Actually, with all due respect, Sebastian, I disagree with your assessment and analysis. The, the reality is uh, that Trump uh, won as an independent maverick uh, within the Republican Party, uh, and nobody actually thought that he was going to be able to win. And the corporate mainstream media gave him literally tens of billions of dollars uh, worth of coverage uh, that we will never get. Uh, there is a similarity that I want to point out, and that is Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders were both maverick independent campaigns within the, Democrat, uh, within the existing political party apparatus. Uh, if the Republicans thought that, that Donald Trump might actually have won, I think that you would have seen a completely different reaction. Uh, what you saw was that the uh, nine-person field kept waiting for Trump to fall, and then they would inherit the, uh, the anger uh, about the establishment that you saw. Uh, and he just picked them off one by one by one. Uh, it was the last standing. Remember, uh, uh, until the very end, he was never getting more than 30 or 40 percent, even of the Republican Party uh, base at that time. And of course, he beat Hillary Clinton because Hillary Clinton is a neoliberal corporatist uh, who actually exemplified the status quo. Uh, and Donald Trump was an actual outsider campaign. There's no doubt in my mind that if Bernie Sanders had been the Democratic Party's uh, nominee, that uh, he would have thumped and trumped uh, Donald Trump, no doubt about that. But this is the point. Uh, Bernie Sanders, even if he had been elected as a Democrat, would not have been able to fundamentally alter the direction of the country. It is going to take a mass movement of people who were calling to dismantle the institutions and infrastructures that are based and premised upon white supremacy, capitalism, imperialism. So what I'm trying to do is build a genuine independent political party 
based on the core principles and values of the Green Party. I'm trying to normalize the call for peaceful revolution in this country. And I know that for some people that seems scary or big, but I'm going to be very blunt here, friends. The only thing scarier than imagining the need to have a peaceful revolution in this country is to imagine the consequences of not having a peaceful revolution in this country. Because we are headed over a cliff. And for those of you who believe that the Democratic Party is salvageable or the answer, again, I think that history will show you that it's not. History will also show you that it takes genuine independence, both political and financial independence, for social movements to actually be able to succeed. So I appreciate that for some of you, uh, the, the, the desire uh, for working within the Democratic Party is strong. I'm simply not going to engage in that experiment. I do not make you my enemy, but I want to be clear that the Green Party is trying another experiment. Here's another thing I want to remind you. The fastest growing political party in this country is no party preference, independent or de- declined estate. Independents are the fastest growing party. Greens and libertarians are growing next. Both Democrats and Republicans are literally losing membership. So I think it's a failed strategy. This idea of establishment politics is just not going to get us there. Um, so, you know, uh, I, the reality is I think it's time for viewers and listeners to come to terms with the fact that the Democratic Party just isn't into you. You keep following after them. It's almost pathetic to watch. In, in fact, it's heartbreaking to watch progressives fight and claw and beg and plead within the Democratic Party and to be continually rebuked, rebuffed. Uh, I mean, at some point, friends, don't you have more just independent, don't you have more self-respect than to be completely abused and degraded uh, and then to just come back in some sort of sad, please, sir, may I have another, may I try one more time? You know, I don't usually talk about this, but I'll confess I've got 17 years of sobriety as a recovering alcoholic. And uh, it In Alcoholics Anonymous, we say doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is the very definition of insanity. I think the, I I think it is literally crazy to think that somehow we'll be able to make the Democratic Party something that it is not. The Democratic Party is an establishment wing. It is a corporate party. It is completely funded by uh, independent expenditures and and big donors, and they take the constituents, uh, they take their own constituents for granted. Uh, and in electoral politics, I often say, if you've been taken for granted, you just got taken. And I will submit to you that environmentalists have been taken for granted and therefore taken. Women's groups have been taken advantage and therefore taken. People of color organizations have been taken for granted and therefore taken by the Democratic Party. I could go on and on. I challenge people to name like five five big picture things that Democrats have been able to win when the Democrats were in control of both the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate and the presidency. And I'll go even further. The number of states where the Democratic Party controlled both the House 
and the Senate and the governor's mansion, and they still can't do anything. And in fact, I'll tell you in California where I live, when the Democrats were in control of both the House or the Assembly uh, and the state Senate, and there was a Republican governor, they were able to pass a single payer health care as a human right, health care for our uh, Medicare for all health care program. Yay. To put it on the va- on the desk of a Republican governor who vetoed it so that they could blame the Republican Party for not supporting single payer health care. Now that there is a Democrat, Jerry Brown, in the governor's mansion in California, it got through the state Senate. Governor Brown said, do not let this bill get to my desk. The California Assembly, where they have a super majority, have stopped it. They can't even get a committee hearing on it. Why? Because they don't want to be exposed for the fact that their donors do not want and support single payer. So at the end of the day, I think it's time for us to ultimately understand that it is going to take an independent political force. So Suzanne writes in to see, writes in to say, I see no reason that the Green Party needs to keep pushing that line that the Dems are going slower over that cliff. Look, you know, Suzanne, I appreciate that. I personally believe that there is, in fact, a difference between Democrats and Republicans. I don't think that it is a uh, difference that is meaningful enough. I do think that there are some things that the Democratic Party is typically better on. For me, that uh, main thing uh, is uh, women's rights uh, and race issues. But I don't think that they're doing the things that we need. You know, one thing I do want to do is, uh, and I've appreciated all of the comments and questions. I'm sorry I didn't uh, get to them all. But I do want uh, to bring in executive producer Michael O'Neill. He is not only the, the executive producer of this program to keep the technical things running. He's also a Green Party organizer himself. He's on staff with the Green Party of New York State. Uh, he has a, a keen strategic mind. So I am going to ask you, Michael O'Neill, to weigh in a bit. I know you've been following some of the comments and discussion. Uh, and maybe you can address some of the ones that I wasn't able to get to. So, Michael O'Neill, your thoughts. Well, something I've been thinking about recently is we've just seen in court that the Democratic Party, like if you try to work within the party, it's like trying to beat the computers inside of the Matrix, right? Now, I realize the Matrix as a movie is almost 20 years old now, but still bear with me. It's like, you know, if you remember that movie, those, you know, those agents in in the black suits and black ties, they could control that universe and reshape it to whatever they wanted in order to defeat you. And we saw with the the lawsuit where the Democrats, you know, the leadership said, yeah, we we were not fair to Bernie Sanders. And that's our right to not be fair to Bernie Sanders or anyone else that uh, we choose to put down within a primary process. You and, know, Michael, oh. go ahead. Yeah, before you go on to your next point, I I think what you've just said is very profound because it's not just that they were, quote, not fair. They literally admitted in court that they broke their own rules. So they'll literally – your analogy, I think, is absolutely perfect because they'll just change the rules. It's a no-win proposition. It's not just that the rules are unfair, which they are, to independents and mavericks. They'll literally change the rules if they have to. 
Right. So if you're able to get the upper hand in one way, they'll just change the direction of gravity or change the ground underneath your feet. They have complete control of that system when you're within that system. And so what we need to do is go outside of that system where election law certainly is still not fair, but where they don't have complete control to just, you know, turn day into night and night into day uh, while you're watching it. And and where we can build a, a party structure that we actually believe in, and then actually upholds our ideas of grassroots democracy and that is radical so true, participation. Mike, I'm, I'm reminded of George Orwell: "War is peace, ignorance is strength." Right? I mean, the the reality is that the Democratic Party leadership uh, will lie, cheat, and steal in order to maintain their control and their power. So, for for those folks who are still trying to work within that system. Again, I will not make them my enemy, but I think that they are profoundly wrong. And I especially don't want to make them my enemy because I think ultimately they'll join the Green Party. And I make this pledge to you, progressives who are still struggling within the Democratic Party. When you join the Green Party, and you will, I will not say I told you so. I will welcome you with open arms. Uh, I will immediately begin uh, to work with you. Uh, Because I think that progressive Democrats are a pool where the Green Party is going to grow. So I want to actually reach out to them, even though I think that they are making a tactical mistake, uh, a strategic mistake even. But their goals as progressives are the same as mine. So progressive Democrats is one way I think that we in the Green Party are going to grow, and we need to recognize that. The other way that we're going to grow is through people who have given up or have never participated in the electoral process because they recognize that the whole thing is rigged and nothing matters. And I'm going to tell you something, Michael, I understand that perspective. It's hard to argue against that perspective because it's based on an understanding that politicians lie. And frankly, I can appreciate uh, and agree with that in so many ways. But back to your point, Michael, if we actually can convince people who have given up on electoral politics to say, no, no, it's not electoral politics that you should give up on. You should give up on the twisted matrix uh, and actually create something that as hard as it is, and it is hard, at least we control it. And at least it's genuinely independent uh, of the system itself. Before we wrap, I just want to toss out something that I hear a lot, like from registered Greens uh, from all over. They'll say, well, I understand that the Democratic Party in general is a problem, you know, but I know this one Democrat near me, this this one, you know, this Democrat who's, you know, in my district and and he's a good guy or, you know, she's a great candidate. And so can we just cross endorse that person? And no one else, right? We shouldn't we shouldn't cross endorse other Democrats, but but this person, my Democrat, we should cross endorse. And I just want to say, if we if we went by that, for every time we were asked, we would do nothing but cross endorse Democrats, and we would never get around to actually building our own party and running our own candidates and developing experienced, competitive candidates. You know, Michael, that's a, it's a good point, and I appreciate uh, the position that you uh, and the Green Party of New York State has taken. Uh, in California, the state uh, party, and I, th- I completely support this, says at the statewide level, we will only endorse uh, Greens uh, for uh, for statewide office. And then local uh, county parties are empowered through a decentralized process to make whatever decision they make. 
the way where I have articulated and drawn the line is that in any partisan race for state assembly, state senate, uh, we should absolutely uh, uh, only uh, endorse either Greens or Peace and Freedom or uh, no party preference candidates. That uh, so Greens or in rare occasions. But here's the second point: what I say is that candidate must take a pledge to not seek or accept corporate money. And so uh, so at the partisan level, uh, no Democrats. Uh, and if we do uh, endorse no, par- no party preference or, uh, or otherwise known as independence or peace and freedom or socialist, that they have to take a pledge against uh, taking corporate money. And then the third distinction that I want to make, and I do want to get your thoughts, uh, Michael, on this idea. The third distinction that I'm trying to make is uh, I've lost the battle that you just described about we should never endorse Democrats in nonpartisan races. That is races where you're running, but you don't have a D or a G or an R next to your name. So the position that I'm trying to take is, well, uh, if we endorse anybody in a nonpartisan race, They must commit to the four pillars of the International Green Party movement, and they have to make a public pledge to not seek or accept corporate money. So I'm wondering what you think about that approach. I think that approach is useful because you are taking a structural, systemic look at things, right? You have set forth the criteria which you can scale up from there. You're not just saying, well, no Democrats except for the Democrats that I happen to like who happen to be in my community. And so if there's anything that I want to encourage Greens to think about is to try and take a more structural approach like you are proposing and also understand that uh, you know, in New York State and California, you know, we have different primary systems. And even within New York State, we have partisan and nonpartisan elections between different villages. And it's, you know, so you got to look at the lay of the land where you are and adjust accordingly. And also in New York State, we've got this whole toxic cross endorsement process and, and a process by which the Green Party can even basically be stolen out from under us. Uh, and that's, that's an, another show for another day. But uh, I just wanted to toss out that um, that when we're talking about the Democratic Party, um, as as primary season is kicking up here, and sort of progressive protest Democrats are throwing their hats into the ring for the primaries. I'm seeing on lefty Facebook and progressive Facebook, oh, well, I'll, I'll vote for the Democrat in the primary and I'll vote for the Green in the general. And look, we'll take your vote happily in the general election, but I want to, I want to know more about what you're doing than just your vote. I want to know what you're doing with your volunteer hours this year, well before the general election. I want to know what you're doing with your, your donations. I want to know what you're doing in terms of spreading the word about candidates. We, we need progressives, we need greens, we need leftists to show up and support our candidates now and and even during the Democratic primary, even if you're still wedded towards nominally supporting uh, progressive Democratic challengers in primaries, you still need to be supporting independent candidates now as well. And that's as important as your vote in November. Well, thank you for that, Michael O'Neill. A reminder that it's not just your vote. It's also your volunteer time. It's your sweat equity. Uh, it's your small uh, donor donation that's actually going to be able to build this movement. I want to thank, again, Michael O'Neill as the executive producer of A Green Way Forward. 
Most importantly, I want to make sure to thank you, the viewer listener, uh, for building this audience. Please do go to the website, agreenwayforward.org, and sign up so we can continue to keep you abreast of what the guest will be or what the topic will be every week. It'll also give you an opportunity for you uh, to decide whether you'd like to get this uh, by video or audio. Uh, And at the end of the day, we've got to keep on keeping on. Peace.